1: You can drink beer with Start your
2: It's the Nick D Podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is the Nick D Podcast. How are you? My name is Nick DeGilio. This is the Nick D Podcast as part of the Great Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Thanks to Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits. Uh, You should check out all the really incredible, informative, entertaining, hilarious, entertaining, and awesome podcasts that you can get at radiomisfits.com. And uh, rate and review us on every platform. Take the time to give us feedback here at Radio Misfits. And uh, in particular here on the Nick D Show, we want to hear from you anytime, 24-7. We really want to hear feedback from you, questions, comments, if you have a request for the megaphone message. If you have anything that you want to say, whatever it is, 24-7, you can do it. Voicemail us, 773-417-6948. Drop us an email, 24-7, anytime. NickDPodcast at gmail.com. We read every email share many of them on the podcast. We listen to every voicemail and share many of those on the podcast as well. So voicemail us 24-7, 773-417-6948. Email nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Hey, you want to be a sponsor? Buy some ads? We'd love to have you. Contact us, sales at com. Say, hey, I would like to advertise on the Nick D Podcast. Sales at com. Jason Skaggs, my main man, out of Houston, does all the themes, the music you just heard, all the jingles, all the themes, all the audio bits. That's all him. Esmeralda Leon is coming up on uh, the podcast, as she always does. Um, and, uh, we are going to be talking about more weird wedding stuff uh, <laughs> and some other scary things that we're going to be chatting about as well. Eric Childress and Steve Procopi join me every other week to talk movies. Lots of movies to talk about this weekend. Uh, the biggest one, obviously, being the sequel to Black Panther, Marvel's new movie, Wakanda Forever. We'll get to that and more. Uh, that's all coming up. And uh, it's this Tuesday. This is the... Uh, This is the last podcast before our live podcast will happen. That's the last podcast that will happen on the same day. Our live podcast show, and we want you to come out. We so want you to come out. It's going to be at Zany's in Rosemont on Tuesday, November 15th. Doors open at 6.30. Show starts at 7.30. It's the Nick D Podcast live. Esmeralda Leon, my partner, and I on stage telling great stories and hilarious stuff and recapping some things. It's going to be very interactive with the audience. We're going to do some taste testing for some weird Christmas items, and we're going to do that live and have you taste test, too. We're going to hand out some stuff to the audience, and we're all going to taste test a bunch of Christmas-flavored weird stuff. Uh, A very special surprise guest who is very artistic, quote-unquote. This person can also be considered a patriot. If you give this person a dime, they might tell you some stories. And this person is an Irish, lifelong South Side Chicagoan, and one of the greatest, most entertaining, incredible storytelling guests that you could ever encounter. And to have this person on stage live is very amazing. You should be there. All that and more. My dad is going to close the show by getting up on stage and telling some jokes live. You hear my dad tell a joke every Tuesday on the podcast. You heard him for many, many years on my on my radio show at the Stupid Car Wash. Uh, and um, he's going to be live on stage in a comedy club. That alone should get you to go. Zany's in Rosemont, Tuesday, November 15th. That's this Tuesday coming up. This Tuesday coming up. It's the Nick D Podcast Live, one night only doors open at six thirty uh, the show starts at seven thirty and I got a special announcement after we tell you that you should just come
0: hey everybody gonna tell you what's going on November 15th that's a Tuesday up in Rose mind talking about saying this
3: we gonna put on a live show
0: so I suggest you do some clicking get on the website and buy some tickets
3: I heard his dad's gonna close the show yeah. About one night, baby. we
0: only
2: talking about one night, baby. So come on, oh yeah, get yourself some of those sexy ass tickets. That's right, get some sexy ass tickets. You can get them at the door. Again, it's this Tuesday night. This Tuesday, November fifteenth at uh, Zanies and Rosemont. It's going to be great, and we want to pack the place. So all of my listeners, all of my subscribers, tell your friends, tell your neighbors. Let's jam the place. And also now a special just for uh, the Nick D... Uh, podcast subscribers, uh, we are offering uh, a huge discount on tickets. Uh, you can get $5 tickets for this event. We're getting closer and uh, and closer, and so we want to get as many people in there as possible, so we're going to offer some $5 tickets for you. And that's as cheap as you can possibly get. Uh, so here's what you do. You can go to rosemont.zanies.com, rosemont.zanies.com. Look for the Nick D Podcast Live. And use promo code PODCAST5. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, the number five. It's the number five. So PODCAST5, that's the promo code. If you enter it when you're ordering your tickets online at rosemont.zanies.com, it'll say, do you have a promotional code? And you do have a promotional code now that I told it to you. All right. And you can type in PODCAST5 and you will get $5 tickets. That's a $20 discount. And uh, that's just for the subscribers right now. So uh, what you need to do, because it's coming up this Tuesday, it's one night only. We want to make it more than one night. So if it's a success and a bunch of people show up, Zaniel's would be like, yeah, let's do this regularly. So we want to make it a regular thing. So you got to show up. It's going to be a fantastic show, hilarious, entertaining, uh, very, very interactive. Uh, hell, you'll get to eat some food for a taste test and you'll get to meet some incredible people and And Jason Skaggs, our sound guy, is flying in for one night only from Houston. So you got to do it. Rosemont.Zanies.com. You want the $5 tickets? Just type in promo code PODCAST5. That's the number five. PODCAST, the number five. PODCAST5, five, you will get $5 tickets for you and your friends. So let's pack the place. This Tuesday night, November 15th, 7.30 showtime. Doors open at 6.30. Zanies in Rosemont, really easy to get to. Huge parking lot right there. It's right off the expressway. Really easy to get to. If you want to call the box office, it's 847-813-0484. And use the uh, promo code at com. Podcast 5, you got $5 tickets. doesn't get better than that. So we will see you all on Tuesday for an unbelievably, incredibly fun show. And again, $5 tickets for promo code podcast5 at rosemount.zanies.com com. All right, cool. We'll see you all on Tuesday, and uh, I believe Eric Childress is actually going to be. Maybe both these guys are going to be there on Tuesday. I'll have to ask them. But Eric Childress and Steve Prakopy are going to join me to talk about movies. And oh yeah, Hi, I'm
1: Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's
3: show.
2: I know you do, baby. Hey, you want to get in for five bucks, Carrie? Uh, Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, yeah. and
3: I love for Nick's show. for Tuesday night
2: show. Just go to RosemontZanies com, Carrie, and you can use Podcast Five as your promo code to get those five dollar tickets. All right. Congratulations, you're about to hear movie reviews with Eric and Steve.
3: Congratulations.
0: You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh yeah, don't be a jagoff.
2: all right hey um it is uh time for movie reviews eric childress deepakope join me every other week to talk about the movies and uh, there's always a lot of fun stuff talking to talk about Uh, it's we're getting near the end of the year so it's gonna get crazy now now it starts to get nutty um so let's say hello to the guys uh eric childress hi eric hello how are you buddy I'm fine. All right. You know, it's always fun when the, uh, when the listeners and the subscribers don't know about the tech problems that we have sometimes before we start so. recording.
3: <laughs> they wouldn't, probably wouldn't, they'd probably be okay with me recounting the event and swearing a lot about it. We could, yeah. But we've got, <laughs>
2: we've got more important things to do. But we had, it, was, it was interesting to get connected here. Priorities. Steve Procopio with us. Hi, Steve. Hello. All right. Uh, Eric, tell everybody where they can read you and see you and all that stuff.
3: Yes, uh, you can hear me on the Now Play Network, uh, the Movie Madness podcast that uh, we do uh, every week. We're going to be adding the, some uh, features to the show as well. Uh, Steve Procopi is a regular guest talking movies with me as well. Uh, and also at the same network, The Friendship Dilemma, the podcast I do with Morgan Geyer, where we talk about male and female friendships in the movies. And on TV every Thursday morning at 5 a.m., you can catch me on Business First a.m. where I talk about the box office. All right.
2: Steve Procopi, where can people read and hear and see and all that shit? Uh,
0: in addition to the movie madness podcast with Eric, uh, you can also read my reviews at third coast com, And, uh, I spend a lot of time at the music box theater too. So you're yeah. more than likely going to find me there, and, especially on the weekends
2: and the past few nights, uh, as we've yeah. this, uh, you were there for many hours because Kevin Smith had the clerks three, uh, yes. thing. Um, and, uh, and that went well into the night with the Q and As and the late starts and you know Kevin Smith and Brian O'Halloran and all those guys hanging. Yeah. out. Yeah,
0: no, they were they were great and they were are always very generous with their fans and um, and as a result I left the theater both nights at one a.m. So there you go. All <laughs> right,
2: well there it is. I should, you
0: know I should mention real quick that this week then this Sunday is my. Uh, Oh, please, yes. Girl please. Friday. Yeah. Yes. That, that's it. That's all. It's a Good Girl Friday. It's at eleven thirty A.M. on Sunday. And uh thirty-five millimeter, millimeter. print. Yep. Um it's wow. also I just found out it's gonna be the members screening for uh for for our music box theater members, so there's there's gonna be a healthy crowd there. I mean, all I think cool. there was gonna be anyway, but yeah, yeah it should be a good well, one of my favorites. I
2: mean, I wouldn't miss it. I wouldn't miss it for the world. It's one of the greatest. Great choice, Steve. Yeah. It's one of the it's one of the yeah. greatest movies ever made. Uh, it is in my. Yeah. It, it is. It is literally in my top five movies of all time. Uh, no. Okay, Girlfriend. I had no I, idea. Actually, but no. That's great. it's great. One of my very favorite movies, and I screened it at my uh, at my film club years ago, but it wasn't thirty five. So I'm hmm. I'm going to lose my fucking mind, <laughs> um, and I will talk very fast. So you're introducing it, right? <laughs> Uh, yes. I will. Okay. Well, you, how, fa- how, how, how fast are you going to talk? You say this is a new movie. I'm going not, not. You're going to do that. <laughs> it is.
0: I guess that's the thing. Is I guess normal human speech is around 90 <laughs> words per minute, and this movie is like 250 oh, words per minute. So. Yeah, completely. There are scenes in the <laughs> also, movie. That- yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Now to say it's also one of the first, if not the first example. Of a movie with overlapping dialogue, so yeah, um, yeah.
2: no, it, it it is. There are there are scenes in that movie, and I've seen it. I don't, I honestly don't know how many times I've seen *His Girl Friday*. There are scenes mm-hmm. in that movie where I'm out of breath watching it, where I'm <laughs> like, Jesus, yeah. and and it is uh, of, of like. Uh, all the movies that i've seen in my life it it is the one movie that that most completely influenced that i fucking ripped off for every show i've ever directed <laughs> as a comedy director i it is the the biggest influence not not an influence i fucking ripped off his girl friday in 90% of the comedies i directed for the factory theater <laughs> i would like like one of the assignments for every like if i cast people that i didn't that i've never like worked with before yeah. The homework was go home watch his Girl Friday because that's yeah. that's how quickly and how how much I how I want the dialogue to, to be and that's it, and that's
0: appropriate because it started out as a play so I mean it was it a did. play first yeah so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
2: and every version of that is inter- is is fun you know every version of that story is fun um, mm-hmm. except for switching channels which is terrible but um, <laughs> but. Um, uh, you know, every 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 version of it, whether they they make it male or female or they change the sex of the original character or whatever, because I mean, this obviously the, the Hawks version is by far the best. It's not even. close, mm-hmm. But it's a great play. And a, and, it, and the concept of it is great. And when Rosalind Russell tackles that motherfucker to get the story, I was just like, this is the greatest <laughs> moment. I don't, I don't know. I, I love that movie. It's so it's so, yeah, it's Sunday morning, 1130. At the yeah. Music Box Theater, Steve will introduce it uh, as uh-huh. part of the staff choices. That's a great choice, Steve. By, by far, by, so far, I've yeah. looked at all the. I've, I've looked at the staff choices and been to a few of them. You picked the best one so far. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah. I will be. I will be there with bells on, my friend. So great. Okay, cool. All right, let's talk about. We got movies to talk about. A huge one. Yes. Uh, uh A huge one, and as we get closer to you know the holiday season, the end of the year awards uh, season. Uh as, and and as far as the the Chicago Film Critics Awards, when do they get December 14th is when we announce the winners, right?
3: Yeah, and the, the basically the whole week before is basically the entire run up to it. Um mm-hmm. our our base, our screening deadlines, we start voting uh for like a week for the uh the nominees and whatnot. Announce yeah. the nominees and then we have a pretty quick like a 48-hour turnaround on announcing the winners at our dinner on the 14th of December. So uh, uh
2: how many people are in the Chicago Film Critics uh association? Um,
3: Around sixty, like 59, 60. 61, something like okay, that. so yeah.
2: around sixty bribes to get uh, <laughs> Andrea Riceboro on the ballot. So that is that what <laughs> you have to do? Exactly.
3: Okay. You All go right. campaign like it was election night, right? And uh, do, do your best. Okay. Yeah, I'll do we have to probably
0: have to. We probably have to pay almost that amount of people just to see the movie for the yeah, first time. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I was like going to say, nobody saw
2: it. Nobody saw it. Nobody saw it. And and, uh, and and I just want everybody to know that a vote for Michelle Yeoh kills a puppy. I want everybody to know that.
3: <laughs> wow! So, God, man.
2: Uh, um, <laughs> I
3: will say this, Nick. I mean, th- I mean, every once in a while, you know, like like I said, you know, I, I wouldn't call it a bribe necessarily, but you know, you put movies into the hands of people. I mean, we did nominate Elizabeth Moss for Her Smell a few years ago. Oh, I know, I know. You I know? know, and that was no. I
2: just. I really, in all seriousness, I, I wish more people would have seen Too Leslie. I really do. Because mm-hmm. to me, it's the, it's the best actress. It's the best performance by an actress all year. I mean, it's, and nobody even comes close. Um, and, I mean, she won't get recognized anywhere. And I was hoping, because, you know, we've had a reputation over the years, as you've mentioned. We've had a reputation over the years of putting a spotlight on shit that a lot of people don't get to see. You know what I mean? You're, that a lot of other yeah. critics associations don't, you know, praise. And that's one of the things I love about about this city and about the critics in it, and I would really, like, really, like, love it if the 60 members of this association would, at least 50 of them, see that goddamn movie, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just look at her performance because it's astonishing, but anyway... All right. Yep. Anyway, she'll be on my personal list. I, I know that much. we will we'll
3: be getting one ten-point ballot.
2: Yeah. Oh no, that's yeah. it. She get that's one vote. I mean, I'm not. There are no nominees as far as I'm concerned. There's nobody else. She's, she gets the number one, and that's it. So anyway, all right. So we can look forward to that, and we can also look forward to, uh, you know, uh, you know, our top ten lists and all that stuff is coming up. And I guess we can also look forward to running times getting longer and longer and longer. I saw two movies yesterday, at screenings uh and it was about almost six hours of my life yeah uh, um and some of it was good some of it was really good um which mm-hmm. is a movie we're going to be talking about in, in a few minutes but let's start out with the big one obviously everybody has been waiting for the sequel has everybody been waiting for the sequel to black
0: uh, black panther i think that i think that's safe to say yeah uh
2: and it's wakanda forever which is the latest marvel movie um and steve tell us about wakanda forever
0: yeah so I mean as we know we are without the star of the first Black Panther film and so appropriately enough the this version opens really startlingly opens with his death uh we don't we don't see Chadwick Boseman obviously it's all sh- shown from the point of view of of his sister Shuri um played by uh I just blanked on her name Letitia... Right. Yes. Uh, uh, played by Letitia. Wright, And um, and she's trying to desperately save him. And we don't know exactly what's wrong with him. Or I've heard some rumors of it in in re, in the in the Marvel version of this, that he died of the same thing that Chadwick Boseman died of. So. Um, so anyway, so now the Wakanda is once again without a king, without a leader, without a protector. And this So we skip ahead a year. And uh, his mother, Queen Ramonda, played by Angela Bassett, um, is, as as are most Wakandans, they think that uh, because they have this huge um, stranglehold on the vibranium supply that uh, other nations are going to think, that, and then because they don't have a protector now, that they think other nations are going to try to come in and steal from them or take over or whatever. But they're still you know, the most powerful nation on the planet in, in, in the Marvel world. So, uh, they can still protect themselves. Um, so then we also find out that there's, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, there's a lot of story here, so I'm going to try to get to cram it all in here, but, um, so they're, so they're trying to move on and and figure out what they're going to do about, uh, the next leader of Wakanda and the next protector of Wakanda. And they, um, but then they also find that there's, that there's an undersea world uh called Talokan that is run by another another leader king uh named Namor uh played by Tanak Huerta um a, a Mexican actor who is very very popular in Mexico which I was a little confused by the introducing <laughs> credit at the end of this movie but anyway that's a that's a whole other issue um and apparently th- this this place has been around since um 16th century Spanish colonizers came in and um and there is some they also have a supply of vibranium that they basically built their underwater city at. Now, Nimor is uh and they use the word mutant in this but he is almost like a the daywalker version of these underwater dwellers. He can he can breathe on land. He can um he seems to not be the blue color that all these other uh Talokan people are and um, and 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 the whole Talacan, um culture seems to be is based on like Mayan culture, which seems sort of appropriate since it's supposed to have they're supposed to have birthed out of a Spanish colony in uh, I think it's South America. But anyway, um, so then there's also another storyline. So there's that. And 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 because people are coming after their supply of vibranium. Um, Namor s- sort of sizes up Wakanda and sees kind of a natural ally against the rest of the world. Wakanda's not quite as sure he wants to, they that they want to burn down the rest of the world the way he does, but anyway. Um, so then there's another storyline involving this this young MIT student, played by Dominique Thorne. Uh, her name is Riri, Willi- Riri Williams. Um, and who I believe is supposed to be from Chicago because you've got a big Chicago flag hanging in her dorm room. But anyway, um, now she apparently has found, has created a device that can find vibranium, a detector. And this has got her in league with the U S military and the CIA. And also made her a target of the, of Namor and his telekons. And so, um, so Wakanda comes in and tries to protect her. Uh, anyone who knows the comic books knows that we're not done with Riri Williams. Um, She's she builds builds basically an Iron Man suit, her own version of an Iron Man suit. So we will be seeing her in a Disney Plus show, in, I think next year. Um, anyway, so so yeah, so basically, what it sets it up is that they the, the Wakandans want to protect her, the Talokans want to kill her because she has invented this this detection thing that puts their their secret world at danger, um, and. Then we also have to find a new black panther and i don't I'm not gonna spoil anything, but I don't think it's that much of a surprise who it who it becomes well, I think what is surprising about the approach is is the the new Black Panthers attitude toward uh the rest of the world and how they should be treated uh Ryan Coogler obviously returns here as co-writer and director um it is it is a film that that deals with grief but it deals with it in a way that turns it's the kind of grief that turns into rage um more at and shuri is dealing with this um in a way that she's mad at herself for for all this all this technology couldn't save her brother and i think she blames herself um her mother and other people uh tell her this isn't this isn't necessarily the way and this is this is a film that's largely driven. Um, with a couple of exceptions, largely driven by its female characters. Obviously, we mentioned Angela Bassett. Uh, Denai Guerrera comes back as Akoya, the head of the Dora Milaje. Um, uh, Lupita Nyong'o comes back as the war dog Nakia, um, and who has been living outside of Wakanda in Haiti, doing just basically humanitarian work. Uh, we also get uh, a re- a reappearance of Martin Freeman as Everett Ross, a CIA agent or whatever agency he's with. I'm not sure. I think that's who he works for. Um, he, he is, you know, trying to, he has sort of a secret link to them and is trying to protect them from, you know, basically United States invaders. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, honestly, there, there are parts of this movie that kind of drag and then pretty severely. And I think a lot of the underwater stuff doesn't work that great or, and certainly doesn't feel that different than what we've seen in movies like Aquaman or Avatar. And I, I think when it's going to stick with the Wakandan stuff, I think that's the strongest stuff, mainly because the level of actors is so strong, both the returning and the new ones. Um, so I think what we're left with is a an okay sequel. Um I don't I, I don't think it's the slam dunk that we were kinda hoping for, that they were probably hoping for. Um I, I'm sure people will cry at the very beginning and the very end. I think this has the best post credits scene that Marvel's ever produced because that's where people really seem to lose their shit in at least in our screening. So um, that's where the tears seem to come the hardest. So, anyway, um, I, I'm I, I'm not even sure I like kind of where the whole movie ends in general. Just like where Wakanda is and the place in the world. I'm not, I think there's still a lot of questions. Um, we we were we, I won't spoil anything, but like I said, that there is a promise that Black Panther will return. I'm not sure they're going to do another Black Panther movie, but but um, anyway. Uh, so yeah, that's my that's my long way of saying that this is. This is okay. Okay. Eric, what <laughs> so, about you? Yeah.
3: Uh, I don't think the movie's okay. Um, it's not quite like a Thor Love and Thunder type disaster, but I, I think that this movie is, is has not got its head on shoulders straight. And there, there are a number of things that, are, that are, I think are problematic with it. Uh, one, as Steve sort of mentioned, uh, I don't think parts of the movie drag. I think a lot of the movie drags. So there, there's absolutely no reason this movie needed to be 161 minutes. And I'm not saying that you just cut out a couple things and trim it down a bit, but there are things that this movie could have focused on, specifically with the grief angle, because I think the first 10 minutes of this movie are ballsy and I, I think set you up for something greater, that this movie is going to address the, the passing of Bozeman and King T'Challa and do it in a way that could have been... Completely different from so many of the other Marvel movies, but because it is a comic book movie, there has to be a conflict and a villain. And I think that Namor, played by you know tana Huerta, is the he's the best thing in the movie, which is really strange considering that you have this movie now where the first one, King T'Challa, was basically the the circumference around him was strong, confident women and now you've got those strong confident women at the forefront of this movie and watching the movie i couldn't help escape the thought many times that marvel almost like you know the way that they've addressed this on the she hulk show that they were monitoring the message boards and they almost felt in the back of their head that they knew that having a movie with you know basically four really strong powerful women at the forefront uh, was going to be an issue for some people. So they didn't quite go all out in delivering the, the kind of moments, the, the kind of hero, heroine moments that these, these characters deserve. I know the little Sherry character is going through some things, but there's a hero moment for her. There's a big one. And I know we were at the a critic screening the other night with guests, but that theater was incredibly silent. That entire uh, screening, and I, I mean, I think the action scenes in this movie seem to end before they really have a chance to get rousing, uh, especially the, the the climactic one. Uh, I, I think that uh, Letitia Wright is being pulled in a bunch of different directions with with her character, and her performance suffers as a result of that. Um, I not, I don't really. Like uh, that, they, you know Nyongo's character is you know, je- she jettisons herself on purpose and then comes back, and that almost seems like a separate storyline that doesn't always fit in into the story. Um, th- th- there are a number of real issues with this, and I and I think even the the, the climax of the movie, which I, I don't want to spoil too much, but it's just like, like you finally pass the mantle to a woman, and they're just like, well, wait a minute, we got someone who might actually be a king now. And and I don't think that that's quite the the hero ending that you wanted on top of this movie. I, I, so I, I was bored during this movie. Uh, it's it's way too long. Uh, it's all over the map. Um, it doesn't have anything interesting to say about the two warring factions and basically the military industrial complex of the world waiting in the wings for them to basically fight it out. Uh, the stuff with Martin Freeman and the cameo that we're, I guess we're not going to mention. Are we not uh, supposed to mention it? I don't know. I don't think we are. I don't Maybe. think we are. It, We're not supposed got, to mention I mean, it. Okay. It's not even a cameo. It's she's got three scenes big big scenes in the movie. Hey, that, at least yeah. she at least she doesn't dance. That's a little clue. Was <laughs> she doing the thing with the thumbs? It anyway. Little, yeah. <laughs> um, it's Louis Dreyfus. Anyway. Um, but, <laughs> it's, um, but that's all they cut it all out. It cut it all out because that's the only yeah. thing in the movie that seems to be setting you up for something else. And the way that she's presented in the movie, if you've been following all the Marvel stuff, it that doesn't even seem to – I don't even know what point in the timeline that character is supposed to be in at this point. So, uh, yeah, so Black Panther Wakanda Forever, a gigantic disappointment for me.
2: Well, I'm uh, – I guess I'm closer to Steve – uh, and my thoughts on this than you, Eric. I didn't dislike it. Um, I don't think it's worth seeing. I, I'm not recommending it. Uh, but I do think the first half is pretty great. Um, uh, I think the opening scenes are pretty awesome. I thought the, that that opening attack sequence is fantastic uh, on the on the aircraft carrier there, where the yeah, you know, I think that's great. I think that action scene is phenomenal, I, and I love the whole like you know uh, them the guys getting mesmerized by the by the singing and them jumping off the aircraft carrier and all that. And I thought that was great. I thought that's the setup a good was scene. Great. I will give you that. And, and I thought the whole opening, I was like, I was in and I, you know, and I liked how they handled Bozeman's death very much throughout the entire movie, yeah. actually. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. that's the, the strongest thing, the strongest element about this movie is how beautifully they do handle both the character and the actor's death. Like it's really beautiful and emotional. You can't help, but get, you know, hooked into it. You know, you can't, you, you're not, you're not a human if you're not moved by, by that, you know, <laughs> Um, but the fact is that Bozeman is gone, and that's a and I and, and listen on the simplest of levels, that's a huge hole, man. It's a huge hole. Uh, one of the reasons why the first Black Panther was so great was because of him, you know. Um, and I, they you, you can't replace the guy. And I know what angle they were shooting for here, and, and it didn't work. Now, so I was with it all the way up until something happens a little bit more than halfway through, and it's a big thing that happens. Uh, and that's when the movie lost me. And I thought the last, you know, once they actually bring out, you know, the Black Panther and the replacement for the Black Panther, all of uh-huh. that stuff doesn't work. I think the I think the second half of the movie is an absolute mess. None of it works. All of the really cool stuff that happened in the big action scenes in the first third of the movie, nowhere to be. It was like a it was like a different director came in and directed the big action sequence because it looked exactly like every other bad Marvel. People flying around, stuff you know, floating, and all that other bullshit. That that was so different than that first action, the first big action set piece, which was so great. Uh, I didn't really care about anything that was happening. I was not emotionally involved. I like the first Black Panther. I don't love it. I don't think it's the greatest you know movie of all time, like a lot of people did. I, you know, I obviously, I recognize its importance historically, and I think it's an important movie that it, you know. Um, just in terms of the way it was made and its message, and I and I love all of that. I think it's a very solid movie. So I was never like, Oh, I can't wait to see Wakanda kind of forever. Um uh but for about half of it I was like I was on board. I was into it. I liked I liked what where they went with it. Um <clears throat> I will say this, and Eric, you mentioned it. Uh Lapita Nuango's character seems like an afterthought in this. It was like we have to get the Oscar winner in here. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like we have to get Lapita Nuango. Maybe she was busy. It seemed to me like she just kinda like flew in and maybe did three works work three weeks work yeah. and then left. That's what it feels like to me. It's like she's very she's obviously busy <laughs> and she you know, <clears throat> she came back to do it. Um and I'm I'm a fan of like all the actresses and everybody who are, who is in it. And uh you mentioned uh you know Namor, this uh Tinoch um uh, uh Huerta. Sure. Uh, who I think is great, I think he's the best thing in the movie, like you said, I think he's absolutely the best thing in the movie it 's the best performance, the most interesting character um and uh and I really like all that. I liked uh, that whole setup, so I thought the setup was great, the payoff was terrible, and overall, I was completely underwhelmed by it and i 'm not recommending it and I also think that it 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 uh, I think it suffers coming out two months after the Woman King, which is a movie that is eight <laughs> thousand times better than this and eric your complaints about like you know the the, a female driven action hero and king and all that stuff (laughs) that's what the woman king is all about man and everything that this movie kind of attempts to do and fails kind of miserably at the woman king succeeds on every level you know what i mean like every complaint that you have eric Mm-hmm. My answer is watch the Woman King. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. And and yeah. you know Viola Davis fucking amazing in it. The action scenes incredible. So I really think that this. I kept watching it, going, man, this isn't as good as the Woman King. I I don't She's know. True story. So <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, there you go. Oh, boy, wow, three nos <laughs> on, on Wakanda Forever. All right, we're gonna be real popular at. Uh, oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, let's move on here to as far removed from Wakanda Forever as you can get. <clears throat> there is a new film, a directorial debut by a director named Charlotte Wells, and it's called After Sun. Um, and Eric, tell us about After Sun.
3: Yes. Uh, as you mentioned, this is the the feature writing directing debut from Charlotte Wells, uh, and it's a on the surface is a very it's a simple story. It's a story- And by the way, it,
2: this was this was mentioned uh last episode of the episode before because steve saw it for the chicago film critics uh, right
3: yeah. you, you and i had you and i had not had a chance to see not the, it
2: sh- not uh, chicago film critics the chicago film festival he saw right, right
3: right right um and i i literally just saw it this morning that's right. the so, as we're taping good this, morning and- Yes. Good morning, <laughs> indeed, for Eric. Um, and uh, uh, so, yeah. On, on the surface, it's a very simple story. It's uh, we we meet a uh, father and daughter who uh, are off on some holiday together. Uh, the daughter, uh, eleven, twelve years old, played by uh, Francesca Corio, her name is Sophie, and her father, uh, Callum, played by Paul Mescal. And uh, the movie, you know, basically plays, you know, it, 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 it sort of alternates between film footage and uh um footage that uh, the daughter and the father have taken with their video camera like anyone would on the vacation and alternates uh, well, between... it,
2: it the the vacation itself by the way we should say because of the video footage mm-hmm. uh the the movie takes place in um in the in
3: nineteen ninety five yes or, I, yeah i yeah, was so... i wasn't sure of the year of it but i knew it was yeah. Some time ago, right? Yeah. Um, just based on technology and things like that, but right? Um, but yes. Uh, so they're they're off on vacation together, and they're just doing you know things that you would expect a father and daughter just off on a holiday to do uh you know they have you know sort of brief conversations about life and things like that but it's you know activities and hanging out and you just you know going to dinner having you know going to going to sleep waking up and just the, the, the things you expect to be at a resort the white lotus this is definitely not but uh it's just it's just a father and daughter on holiday but uh and as the film uh progresses they're they're just there are little clues that are just continually dropped, uh, sometimes in the conversation, and you kind of go, "Why are they talking about this?" Is you know, is, and you start to piece together that uh, the father is not having the best of times, not because of he doesn't want to be with his daughter, but there's there's something clearly on his mind uh, that again is just sort of m- minutely hinted at throughout the the movie uh and as we watch the, the the two of them uh go through the paces and whatnot uh it, it becomes very clear that this is a, a memory piece and uh that there is an adult sophie that is looking back upon this time with her father watching uh some of these uh video cassettes that they made together uh, but but very briefly, it's not you know it's it's not a movie built around gigantic flashback structures and things like that. There is a, a genuine filmmaker at work here, and just putting us in the the space of these two characters and watching Mescal again, not making really broad strokes. With his performance and just the way that a, a line reading comes across or a topic makes you think that something for the worse is going to happen eventually and uh and you don't know what i don't know if the movie necessarily even gives you the full spectrum of it but you can you can piece it together as best you can um this I mean, this is a movie that for so I was playing all the festivals, and every time any colleague who I trusted had seen this movie, the word weeping came up uh, every single time. And uh, I, I'm not a big weeper at the movies, but uh, let, let me explain something to you guys just for the – and for, for publicists to say that, you know, the, the theatrical experience, okay? I'm watching this movie at home. And I'm watching it this morning before we taped this morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get to like the last 15, I'm get to like the last 15 minutes of the movie and I'm sitting in my chair and I'm watching it on my TV. And my nephew comes into the room while I'm watching it and just wants to sit on my lap.
2: Oh God.
3: And <laughs> he sat there and normally he, you know, he, he, you know, I'm like, Oh, okay. He'll ask questions. And what is that? Why are they doing this? That kind of stuff. He sat there quietly for the next 15 minutes until the credits rolled and I'm sitting there as they get to the scene where they use yeah. one of the best uses of a Queen song that has ever been in a movie, and the way that not only just the song choice, but the way that they use it in the. But in, and by in, the way,
2: Eric, actually, let me just say this really quickly. Yeah, um, it, it's also a David Bowie song, um, of course. And right. I, I will say this uh, in another movie that we're going to be talking about another unbelievable use of a David Bowie song. Let's, let's...
3: Okay.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll do that in a second. But go ahead, yeah. go
3: ahead. it is on the Queen album Hot Space. I will I will say that. <laughs> um, but. The... <laughs> It says with David Bowie. But anyway. It's one of the greatest,
2: um, song- of the greatest songs of all time.
3: So. I love it. No, of course. I love it. And I've heard it. And it's it's been used. You can say, we'll say it's been used to death in other movies. But it always seems to be used well in most movies. But in this one, it takes on a whole <laughs> new meaning. And when it gets to that line in the song. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you just sort of. Like, everything just sort of crushes into your, into your brain at that point. And that was the moment when I started crying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and... Again, yeah, and then you get to this this magnificent final shot of the movie, <laughs> Yeah. and it is just you just kind of go like, "Well, god damn it, yeah. um, you you got me hook, line, and sinker." Uh, and I, I was I was saying this to someone about Black Panther. You know, we talked about the, the idea of you know grief, and you know, there's sometimes movies will. they they pull stuff out of you sometimes you have a different experience because of your own personal experiences and they pull stuff out of you other movies just work organically and you don't see it coming and black panther didn't achieve that this one does but on on that universal level like you don't need to have experience these kind of things for the movie to pull that stuff out of you and it's it's a remarkable debut from Charlotte Wells. Paul Mescal is terrific in this role. It, it's it's an absolutely beautiful, beautiful movie. Um, I, I don't know if I'm going to watch it anytime soon again <laughs> because it's 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 quite something. But it, it absolutely is one of the best movies I've seen this year.
2: Yeah. All right, Steve. You are you mentioned I mean, it I, already. I know we know I, you. I love talked it.
0: about it two weeks ago. The only thing I want to add to what Eric said is that I just. I can't wait to see what this what Charlotte Wells does next. Now, like oh, that's yeah. the, I think that's the ultimate compliment you can pay any any first time director, any director. Period is don't like don't ruin her. <laughs> don't <Yeah. laughs> don't don't be tempted Don't let I'm asking her not to be tempted by you know bigger and better because it won't be. Uh, just just keep doing this personal stuff and and I mean I know it's probably exhausting for her, but you know. It's really us she has to worry about, and so uh, no, this this movie is 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 like a tiny slice of perfection, and and the emotional weight of it is searing, and it 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 yeah it got me. I mean, I, I've said it all before, but I said it all two weeks ago, but yeah, it's I just 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 tell me what she's doing next, and I'll, I'll wait till then patiently. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I
2: I, uh, I watched it twice in six hours, uh, and <laughs> I was just so completely blown away by it the first time i saw it i was just kind of sitting in it and like you eric i didn't you know steve you saw it in a the theater
0: yes okay. i saw. it, di- I, uh, it was either I, I can't remember if it was dur- yeah it was during the festival
2: yeah yeah i mean they they showed it at the festival i just didn't know whether you had seen a screener of it or not and uh, uh and, no,
0: oh, no no it was definitely in a theater yeah okay i
2: saw it at home i watched it at home and um and, I, and i'm gonna see it again you know uh in a theater because I, I actually want to see how a crowd reacts to it and hopefully they're opens at the music
0: box this weekend
2: i know i'll be there (laughs) trust me um so uh but but the things that you know you guys have all said everything that i mean it's it's incredibly emotional the last shot is fucking ridiculously unbelievable Mm -hmm. but and and both of the performances not just paul mescal but this uh uh francesca corio is unbelievable the little girl and and Mm -hmm. and the and the chemistry that they have uh, is just so wonderful, and the depth of of some of the things that happens in it. Now, the thing about the movie is that it can be, and this is one of the reasons why I think it's it's so special, and why I think it's it's a it's a it's sort of a monumental piece of art. Is that all art is personal? Um, you bring with it what you bring with it, and if a movie is as ambiguous as this one is you can take out of it what you want. And that's what I think is so beautiful about this movie and what's so special about it is that some people are going to think, "Well, wait a minute, what's going on with this dad?" Mm-hmm. Um some people are going to look at it and think, "Maybe something inappropriate happened between the daughter and the father. There might be this that happened and you don't really know." Some you know, it's left it's up to you. You know, whatever kind of baggage you think maybe you bring to it. It's ambiguous enough where I ever, no, here's the thing no one's interpretation of this movie is wrong do you know what I mean like mm-hmm. whatever you get out of it whatever is like if you think the father did this if you think the daughter did that if you think their relationship was this if you think um, he has this kind of problem or this thing or what happened between the mother and Paul Mescal and all this stuff no, it's all just all the, it, it's a memory piece so it's all of these memories that are sifted <laughs> through the, the, the mind of a, of a, of a little girl um, and you get to see a little bit of it you know th- th- that the little girl doesn't see, but not much and it, it, Wells just gives you this sort of like poetry this these memory pieces that jump and for- back and forth, and anybody can relate to this um and again it's so ambiguous that you could bring whatever you want to it. Some people think I, i've I've read things where people think that there's a, there was abuse uh in this relationship, that there was inappropriate uh, behavior. In it that there wasn't, that there was this, and, and, and maybe he's suffering from depression, which is you know an obvious thing that maybe he mm-hmm. is. You look at the books that he's reading. There's that wonderful scene where the camera is just kind of sitting on the, on the dresser, and you can mm-hmm. see him reflected in a TV and in a mirror. Look at those books that he brought with him on the vacation to read. That's an insight into what's going on in this guy's mind. Why does he have a cast? Why is he sawing it <laughs> all? You know what I mean? There's so much stuff in here. Why does he spit in the mirror at one point? And yeah. you're watching this and you're like, what is happening? And you don't really know and whatever you think happens is right. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 one of these things where whatever you bring to it, however you interpret it, it's not wrong. And I think that's an important thing, man. Uh, do you guys do you, do you guys think about that at all? I mean did you, uh, as, did, as you're did saying you su- as, did you supply your did you supply your own backstory when you were watching it? I mean, yeah, you
0: I mean you have no choice. I, I hope that people aren't asking her questions like that in the interviews with her because I don't want her to overexplain. Oh this no, no, like, I would never oh, fill in sh- those gaps. Yeah, I would. No, I don't want to know.
2: I don't want to know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, Eric, what about you? Did you? I mean, were there backstories that you were trying to put put it together? You yeah, know what I absolutely. Mean? yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Because and, and it was more because I, you know, I, I think there's a one, not in a specific moment in the movie, but you can't help think that based on just where we are in a society today, that maybe you know that this is where the movie is heading, and maybe there yeah. is. Did did he kidnap her from the wife? And we don't. Well, there's a conversation between him and the wife, so that's probably right. not what happened. Right, 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 right. Uh, So there's all these things like that that sort of like send you one way, but then they give you a little piece of information. And yeah, but but it's like you know, there's a moment in the movie where they talk about Cleopatra maybe committing suicide, right? You know, yeah. and so it's like, is is that what happened? And you, I mean, you've said it so many times, Nick, about memory. What the thing that that I attach myself so much to it, what Wells is doing in this movie? There are so many moments in the movie, shots about reflections. Yeah, reflections in the TV, reflections in the mirror. Yep. They're yep. a yep. faded Polaroid that is coming into focus yep. and whatnot. And that's memory. That's yep. what memory is. Like you there's know, a, even our best memories are faded. At there are a point.
2: lot of you talking about reflections. That's a that's a motif in the entire movie. I mean, how much well, of the movie takes place with them bobbing in water with reflections around them and all that yeah. stuff. And I mean, and and the, and all of the stuff with the with the with the older teens that she meets, mm-hmm. and watching them mess around and kiss and all the in the conversations that they have, all of that is so rich. And it and it's just without forcing anything down your throat, you get so much. You know what I mean? It's like it's a simple movie. It's just like a, a memories of the that an eleven-year-old kid has about her father. And it's presented to you in such a beautiful, artistic, ambiguous way that it's so fucking rewarding. You know what I mean? Like, when it's over, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. I it's, it's a special movie, man. And it is one of the best feature film debuts of all time, as far as I'm concerned. Like, I was like, and like you said, Steve, I can't wait to see what this woman does yeah. next. Hmm. So, man, it's a great movie. Uh, it's I'll called... Wait after sun it's a little movie it you know it's playing at the music box um i would get out and see it i don't know if it's is it streaming anywhere i not yet no not yet no okay well get out to see it's a very very it's one of the best films of the year one of the best films of the year that's after sun and i think we all agree on that a very special movie charlotte wells is the writer director remember that name okay uh all right now eric you have not seen bardo i've not uh, which is what, what's the full title it's another it's like it's like birdman false it's a,
0: false chronicle of a handful of truths there you
2: go all <laughs> right well this is the latest from uh, um uh from uh, uh alejandro gonzalez Inarritu, uh the director who won two best director awards back to back for the oscars for birdman and for uh the revenant the director of uh, a lot of great films including amoros perros and Uh, Babel and uh, uh, others and this is his latest movie and it's it's sort of an autobiographical thing uh Steve try to explain Bardo Uh,
0: I think I just did a a false chronicle of a handful of truths there (laughs) you go basically I I hadn't really thought about it since I saw the movie about that subtitle but um I mean let me just say one of the first scenes in the movie is a birth sequence (laughs) That hopefully does a, a a job setting the tone for everything that follows. <laughs> it's it's surreal, but it's it's still making a point with like emotion and kind of unsurpassed visuals. And regardless of how, what you think of of the story and how autobiographical it is, and what you think of this filmmaker. The visuals in this film kind of trump everything else I mean it really is one of those beautiful films I've seen this year and uh, it's
2: uh, and Darius kanji uh, is the cinematographer He's mm-hmm. one of the best films. I mean he shot yeah. seven he's shot hes shot a lot of movies he also shot Armageddon time uh, so he's he's yeah. getting some he's getting some work this year which is nice
0: yeah so it's it's this this thing is epic not as epic as it used to be it's about twenty minutes shorter as an epic but then it was premiere at Venice right um right. so um yeah and it's and it feels just fully immersive and it's basically a, I think it's the filmmaker sort of commenting on on his own career, his own reputation, um his own decision to more or less move to America and work, you know, with American and English language uh films um and so it's a, it's a story of a an older gentleman named Silver, Silverio, played by uh, Daniel Jimenez Cacho. Uh, he's a renowned Mexican journalist, a documentary who's sort of moved into documentary filmmaking. He lives most of the time in Los Angeles with his wife and two kids, I think it is. And um, and and he's but he's named he's gonna he's become a recipient of this very prestigious international award and they the family has returned to mexico uh for him to get this award and be honored um and he is compelled to return basically just to his compulsion to return basically kind of sparks a lot of things that happen in this movie. And without going in, we don't have to go into like particular details about the things that happened to him. Some of it's very practical, like he's, you know, turning up for interviews or avoiding interviews or uh, incidents with like his family and, and being challenged by some people about, you know, are you still Mexican and, um, and dealing with that sort of sense of self Um, There's also we begin to realize later in the film that that birth sequence, although not meant to be taken literally, is is a cause for uh, some amount of mourning that his family is still kind of dealing with in different ways. Um, It's but then every every so often within some of these very normal biographical scenes, something really weird happens in the middle of it. And it's different, different things at different times. And some of it involves water and some of it involves sand and some of it involves just seeing strange things happen and not being sure. So you're not really quite sure if you can trust everything you're seeing. I mean, the, he is technically the filmmaker is technically our narrator as well, even though we don't hear narration. But um, but he's walking us through this and we're not sure how much of what we're seeing we're supposed to trust. Um, and then mean, it, 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 it kind of pushes this what should be a very simple trip into this sort of existential, existential ex am I saying that right? Existential realm. And, um, but by the end of the film, we kind of, they kind of explain, explains the wrong word. They, but we understand what it is that is going on and why things are, are so weird. And it's, it's this kind of really hard gut punch <laughs> of an ending. And, um, and it's one, one of the better endings I've seen this year. Um, but yeah, it's, it's sort of this folly of memories and, and things that scare us and bewilderment and things that amaze us. Um, we, we do get glimpses of him um, at work, like as a filmmaker um, or at least on a film set. I, yeah. I know. I guess it's, he's making a movie that we see, but um, but it also is very much deeply tied into the history of Mexico, and and sort of are you still there?
2: So can you can you can you answer that or turn that off? Hold on, or... no,
0: I'm just gonna get rid yeah. of it. Hold on, okay. sorry, okay. I didn't even realize it was doing it. Um, okay. okay, so it's right. it's sort of uh, it's sort of dealing with Mexican history. It's dealing with family history, um, and it ends up just being this really deeply emotional thing that I I felt a. Very close bond to at certain points, and um, and I and it you know, it is about reconciling your past and that how that that sometimes you can't. Sometimes there's a lot of things that he is accused of, or fingers are pointed at him as as how he's changed over the years that he can't deny that he can't explain away. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it is, it's a it's, I think it's this is a it might be a little strange and unclear to some people, but I, I feel like by the end, it all does kind of, if you can stick with it and it's again, another two hour and 40 minute movie. It's the same length as black Panther. Um,
2: yeah. Are you there Steve? Okay. I think uh-oh. we lost Steve. Oh, all right. No. Well, I'll go ahead and, uh, and say, you know, cause we're running out of time here anyway, but I think we lost Steve. Um, so what he what he's saying, I agree. I, mean, I think it's a great film. And uh, can you I not hear me? Yeah, I, you just oh. you were you were oh. cut off. So I was oh, I was not okay. I was going ahead with I'm my here. review. Okay, um, go for it, go for it. Yeah, all yeah. right. Well, I, I you know I, I think it's a great film. I think it's a, I, I happen to be a really huge fan of Interstellar, and 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 I love it. And you know, before um, seeing this movie, I read and heard and talked to some people who have seen it who hated it. Uh, I talked to uh, you know uh, Michael Phillips uh, who saw it in Venice and hated it. Um, but he saw, the lo- he saw the longer version. He saw the, the, the full three-hour uh, cut. Um, and I know a lot of people think like, it's self-indulgent, it's an ego trip, it's this, it's that. It's like, how dare he make this movie? It's just it's patting himself on the back. It's this enormous, egotistical, narcissistic movie. And I didn't really see that at all. In fact, I saw a movie that's very critical of him, a, a movie that is that- where he does self-reflection, and he's really critical of himself in it. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, he does address a lot of people who, who make fun of his work, who make fun of him. Um, and it is, you know, almost three hours and he's clearly the, he's clearly the substitute. This character is clearly the substitute for Inoratu. And so that's fine. But I remember, you know, reading about when eight and a half came out, Fellini took a bunch of shit for that. Like people were like, Oh, you're so goddamn pretentious. When 400 blows came out back in the day, Truffaut caught a bunch of shit. I remember vividly, I, I don't remember eight and a half and four hundred blows when they came out because I was either not alive or don't remember it. <laughs> but I vividly remember how much shit Bob Fosse took when all that jazz came out. Like, it's really? Like, like oh my god! What? You know, how can you make this move? Well, this is like, you know, Inaratu's eight and a half. It's Ineratu's four hundred blows, and it's definitely a lot like all that jazz. Uh oh lot like all that jazz and any movie that's a lot like all that jazz automatically is okay in my book (laughs) um and I loved it I did not think it was pretentious I did not think it was narcissistic there are times where he's saying shit that I liked what he said the filmmaking style is insane the stuff that happens the visuals the cinematography is unbelievable the opening shots of you know like running and jumping in the air. The camera is constantly moving. There are mm. long takes. Inaratu is obviously known now for the long single takes. There are very, there's a lot of stuff with Bert, like, that are very Birdman-like in it and very much like other movies, like even Beautiful, the, the, uh, the movie that he made with uh, uh, Javier Bardem uh, some years ago. There's bits of that in it, and it's like kind of a collection of the greatest ideas and hits that Ineratu has, throws it in, and makes his own personal story out of it, and is very, very critical of himself and the character. very good like the fate of this character is not a good one so um (laughs) i don't know why people are saying it's this narcissistic egotistical trip it's not uh now it might test your patience because it's really fucking weird i mean it's really weird and sometimes you don't know what time we're we're in or whether it's a fantasy or whether it's not and again like you said steve they try to put that all together and kind of explain it with the ending and i think they do but i was on board through this entire weird fucked up trip Um, beautifully photographed, great acting, all the way across the board, Uh, really funny at times, very political, making statements about America, making statements about Mexico, making statements about history, and it's all done in this insanely beautiful, crazy, interatu visual style. I loved it, unapologetically loved it, and I want to see his version. I want to see his cut. I want to see the three-hour cut. I was ready for more when it was over. So. All the people I, I bitching say, and moaning, you know, hey, yeah. you remember, remember when everybody bitched about all that jazz? Now look back at it. What are they saying about <laughs> all that jazz now? What are they saying about it now? So that's how I feel.
0: They, you, I, I, I will I, say this. I think it is a pretentious film, but being pretentious doesn't necessarily mean it's it's bad if it's handled in a certain way and i think the way he handles there's there's a lot of ego in this film uh, oh. starting with the starting with the idea that we would care about his struggle but 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 he makes it you he either makes us care or he or you don't and i you yeah. know and i get like some people aren't going to have the patience for this one individual person's story who's had all this success I mean, the dude literally has five oscars for different things so like it's it's hard to feel like bad yeah. for his some struggles, no, no, but uh, but still, but I, I think it's I, I'm not but, taking anything away from the movie. If you yeah. handle your ego, if you can check your ego a little bit, uh, I, you get well, something like this.
2: See, the thing is, I don't. But but the character in the movie is being honored for with with an award in the movie. Yeah. But he is he's slammed by his family. There's a great scene where his son goes oh, off yeah. on him. And it's it's very critical. So it's Ineratu criticizing himself. Yeah. So yeah, the guy in my opinion deserves all the awards that he's gotten. I think he's an amazing <laughs> filmmaker. But he is yeah. taking himself apart much like Fossey did. You know what I mean? Like it's not like I'm I'm great. I'm a fuck mm-hmm. up is like really one of the things that this movie says. Um, so I don't know. I think it's, I think it's incredible. I really do. And, yeah. um, so I, it is. I think it's beautiful. It's a, it's a beautiful movie. Eric, I'm really, I, I'm really, really curious as to what you think when this thing. I am too. Okay. It, <laughs> it is, it, it will be in theaters for a while. And then if unfortunately it's on Netflix another movie that I would, I, I can't imagine. I saw it in the theater. Like Blonde. I was like, why the fuck would anybody want... I mean, try to go to a theater to see it, for God's sake. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, you know, like watching Blonde... I watched Blonde a second time because I know a lot of people... You know, that's a movie that you want to watch a bunch of times. Um, (laughs) But I watched it a second time at home, and I'm like, you know what? I can't imagine just, you know, watching it. Like, this movie, Bardo is meant to be seen in a theater. It really is. And if you can get to a theater... See it. If not, okay, you can watch it on Netflix. It'll be on Netflix in a couple of weeks. But I think it's one of the best movies of the year. So, Yeah. All right. Well, we don't have time for anything else. We were going to go to something else, but we don't have time now. Now, huge. The next time we talk, huge. Um, because we got Devotion, The Fablemans, Bones and All, and Glass Onion all coming out for the Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we'll, have week. to cut down, we'll have to cut down on the small talk, guys. <laughs> 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 and get right to it next time. So those are big ones. Those are really big ones.
0: Um, Did either of you see the inspection when it? I the... I I have yes. a yeah, okay, that's, that's also that week. That bit of Yeah, little right. yeah, yeah, okay, Yes,
2: I've, I've seen it. I've seen that of okay. as well. So lots of stuff opens uh, for of a uh, thank you of Steve, Eric. you a pleasure, guys. Yeah, always. a See you later. a right, there's later. Uh, Steve Procopi and uh, Eric Childress. And those are the of uh, and some great of Actually, two of the best movies of the year, After of the Bardo. Uh, are out there. All right, let's talk to Esmeralda because she's always fun. Esmeralda, yeah,
0: Esmeralda Leon, yeah, Esmeralda, I'm talking about that Esmer-
2: Esmeralda Leon, yeah, Esmeralda, yeah, yeah. Esmeralda
3: Leon. Esmeralda, love me some
2: Esmeralda, Esmeralda Leon, yeah, yeah. Esmeralda, Esmeralda Esmeralda Leon—that's the theme, and we play it every time we have a lovely visit with uh, the lovely Esmeralda Leon. Hi, Esmeralda. Hello.
1: How are you? I'm good. How are you?
2: I'm all right. All right. Have you, had a, have you had a? We are at the. We're getting into the weekend. Uh, you got any plans mm. for this
1: for this weekend? Um, I do not think I do. I usually, I usually don't plan ahead. Mm. I usually just go with the wind. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Wherever um, it takes you. Wherever it
1: takes. Yeah. You. Yeah. yeah, I usually try not to make any plans because then, you know, I don't want to disappoint and not go because I probably won't. I see.
2: <laughs> All right, I gotcha. Well, we have plans for Tuesday night, this coming Tuesday night. Yeah, no,
1: that one I'll do. That You're going to show up for that? I'm glad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be, be there be, for that it one. Would
2: do, <laughs> it would be very hard to do. It would be very hard to have Jason play your theme and then nobody come out. Right. Uh, that, that would be very strange. Ye- yeah. Awkward. Uh, a little Jason's, awkward. Jason Skaggs flying in from Houston for one night only. It's our one night only uh, Zanies and Rosemont event, the Nick D Podcast Live. It's this Tuesday, November 15th, thirty, six thirty. doors open. Um, and, uh, hey, you want we want to pack the place, so we're offering a, a, a discount here. And uh, we have $5 tickets that you can unlock. So if you go to rosemont.zanies.com, find the event, the Nick D Podcast Live, Rosemont and Zanies, uh, Zanies and Rosemont, I should say. Uh, and it's Tuesday, this Tuesday, November 15th at 7.30, Rosemont.Zanies.com. If you use the code PODCAST5, that's the number five, PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, number five, PODCAST5, you can get $5 tickets. So, yeah, man. So, we want to pack the place. So, get in there, and uh, it's going to be uh, interactive, and we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to do some taste test stuff, Esmeralda, that we're going to have some uh, some crazy stuff with that the audience is going to be able to participate. So, we're going to be doing some. Oh, Yeah. Weird Christmassy flavored snack and food items, <laughs> which which it's gonna some be an
1: interactive is. show.
2: Yes, very interactive. We've got gift uh, certificates from the the Gale Street Inn to give away and from Apt Electronics to give away. Um, our very great mystery guest, surprise guest, is gonna be there. You won't find out who it is till you get there. But this person is awesome, and I guarantee you that that interview will be fly, as they say, as the kids say. Oh. Do the kids still say fly, Esmeralda? Nope. so all for for, so for the years that i did fly jams friday was i was it was i completely out of step with that was i not hip
1: ah just a touch just a little bit but it was more retro it was but but the stuff
2: that we played was fly because a lot of it was like that you know new jack stuff from the from the 90s you know and that's fly so the actual music that we were playing you know like when you're playing New Edition, that's fly. That's a, that's of course, a, yes. fly jams, you know? So. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, uh, but anyway, we've got a great surprise <laughs> guest. My dad's going to get up on stage, close the show with some jokes, and I know the material he's going to tell he's going to kill. So that alone, my 81-year-old dad getting on stage at a renowned comedy club, you should be there for that. Jason Skaggs doing all the music live, Esmeralda, me, um, all kinds of great stuff, prizes. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. We're recording it, so you will be part of a podcast that will live forever. So it'll be an actual podcast recording that will drop online the next day. So in 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 every way, it's going to be a blast, and we're very excited about it. I can't wait to see everybody. We're going to meet everybody and hang out, and it's going to be hilarious and fun and cool. So it's this Tuesday, November 15th, Zanies and Rosemont, the Nick D Podcast Live. You can call 847-813-0484 for the box office. Get your tickets there. Uh, or go to rosemont.zanies.com and use the uh, the code to unlock the $5 tickets, that's podcast 5. So there you go. It's going to be great. I can't wait to uh I can't wait to see I you know cuz a lot of people don't know Esmeralda. We don't see each other very often. We talk to each other at least twice a week obviously and even more. Right. But we don't really get to see each other face to face. Last time I saw you I believe was at Flashback, wasn't it? Uh
1: yes. Yeah, wow. which was months ago. It was
2: way too long. Way too long. We got to hang out more. So uh we get to hang out on Tuesday. So there you go. Yeah. No. Yeah, cool. All right. Hey, the last time uh, we talked,
3: mm-hmm.
2: we were talking about weird wedding stuff, uh, and we were having a lot of fun with this article that uh, uh, that that we were, that we found, and uh, and it was because you went to a wedding uh, in Iceland last week. Yes, yes, and yes, yes. It was a you know you said it was a nice wedding. There was nothing weird. They didn't do anything goofy.
1: Right. It was very much got married. Let's have a dinner. Done and yeah. done. Sort of traditional, <laughs> even though even
2: though the, the, the even though the location was a little bit non traditional.
1: Yeah, I just so happened to be in Iceland. Yeah, that's yeah, all. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to a wedding um, uh,
2: next week, next Saturday, and that would be my ex producer Tom Hush, the producer of the Steve Cochran Show, which you can hear every weekday morning from 5:30 a.m. to 9 a.m. on WLS AM 890, the best morning drive show in chicago without question and i appear on that show uh at least uh once every couple of weeks or at least more sometimes more than that and tom hush is the producer of that show and he's very good friends with slap slapley our british compatriot
1: oh right they yeah. are they are very very close <laughs> some would say they're joined
2: at the hip some would say they there you go yeah
1: yeah i mean yeah you could say that yeah <laughs>
2: Tom is getting married next week, and I and I, I think his wedding's going to be normal, but I don't know, because Tom's, Tom's a little weird, you'd say, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could, you know, you never know. Yeah. There could be traditions that, uh, you know, we don't know about that L- he is obligated to do. True. And then now, uh, you will find out about them, I guess. I will, yeah. <laughs> and now, see, but
2: Lauren is the one, I think, that keeps him in check, which is usually the case with guys and, you know... Brides and grooms. It's usually the the bride that's like, "Hey, asshole! You know, don't."
1: And who knows, she might have the traditions. Who
2: knows? Lauren's, Lauren's, Lauren's a lovely woman, <laughs> and uh, and I'm excited to go to their wedding. But I think I personally think it's going to be normal. So we were talking about some of the other stuff, like singing vows at weddings, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, the cake in the face stuff, where they're jamming full cakes in people's faces. Um and what what else uh as far as like weird wedding stuff, what else did you want to jump into uh that maybe you've witnessed or you saw in this article that sounds like a nightmare?
1: Um well there's uh one about uh the the fact that they well one I find this kind of like creepy already. Okay. Is the whole thing with the garter belt and taking it off? Yeah. Like the groom takes it off. I find that stuff creepy. I'm like, I don't know why you're doing this in front of your grandma, but okay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, to make it even creepier, there we have a story here that um, they decided to auction off the garter belt, and whoever won <laughs> took it off the bride. So oh. even creepier.
3: <laughs> like I didn't think
1: you could already like weird it out. Let's yeah. make it even worse. We we did we did. I, I'm. I can't remember. I know
2: we did it at my first reception, the uh-huh. garter belt thing. I can't remember whether we did it at the second one or not. <laughs> I can't remember. I've always thought it was weird too, but you know, I think we did do it because it's like you're supposed to toss. Do you toss the garter, and then you, you know, and whoever catches it gets the picture with the the woman who catches the bouquet. And oh. then the legend is that those two are supposed to get married. You know what I mean? Like that. Oh Lord! That, but that's the thing. It's like <laughs> the single the single guys have to catch the garter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just like the single ladies have to catch the bouquet. And you know the legend is that the, whoever whatever woman catches the bouquet, she's going to get married next. That's the the legend. That's why only single women go out there. Right. Um, and so when they catch the bouquet. You ever see video, uh, Esmeralda, of uh, at wedding receptions where the women uh, are out there? And have you ever seen video? Um, they're everywhere of like women beating the shit out of each other to get the bouquet.
1: Oh, yeah. They're rabid for it. It's frightening. It's like no. this is not going to not make you single. Just FYI. <laughs> Just because you catch this, but sure. Now, have you ever? I mean, participated? everything helps, I guess. Have you ever participated? Uh, no, did- no, 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 no.
2: <laughs> did they do that in Iceland at the at the wedding that you went to? Did they do the, the bouquet no? Toss? We did not. No bouquet we did not. No. Okay, um, I but he, I, also not only do they have videos of like uh, women beating the shit out of each other to get the bouquet, but he ever mm-hmm. have you ever seen videos, Esmeralda, where uh, the woman catches the bouquet and then
1: you see her date leave the room, like run out. Right. Yeah. Which is even worse. It's like, yikes. Good luck with that. Yeah. Like
2: clearly you're not going to marry this guy. He just, he just booked out of the reception hall. Like, oh my God, my my date caught the bouquet. I'm getting the hell out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I've always thought to put, so they auctioned it off. So that, so some stranger or some like second, Well, I mean, yeah, cause it cousin. could be,
1: I mean, it could be whoever was invited plus one. <laughs> Could could come and take the garter off, which is like what? Right. That's pretty gross.
2: That is weird. That's weird.
1: Uh, and then what made it even worse was that most of the um, most of the guests were, or at least their friends and stuff, they were all like poor college students, so they didn't really have the cash to be bidding. So right. the only people bidding were people like her dad and uncles. So Ugh. even creepier.
2: Uh. <laughs> oh, God. Well, you don't want to now hear I'm that. Kidding.
3: Yeah,
2: Yeah, that's creepy. That's just creepy, is what that. Uh oh.
0: Hi, I'm
1: Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Oh, no, just hi, shot, Carrie. She yes. just shot a
2: garter belt at me. I don't. Why, oh you, boy. Carrie. Thank you. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell. Have, and are, like, one of those I tons. love Nick's show. Yeah, yeah, like. Like a t-shirt gun. Yeah, a t-shirt gun, <laughs> garter belt gun. <laughs> Boy, that's creepy. Hey, you don't need to like, and, and I, I could just imagine like the the uncles or the or the fathers of me. You and know, we, we got to get that. Uh, we got to get the bidding going here.
1: Well, oh. no, that's not where. No, just give her the money. Just yeah. give him the money. <laughs> yeah,
2: just yeah, and and and, uh, and you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. So I'm I'm interested. You know, I'm gonna see. I, I I'm. Uh, I'm going to see Tom before the wedding, and I'm going to ask him if they're going mm-hmm. to do any of that, any of that stuff, like the garter belt and the.
1: I I bouquet. want to. I'm in my heart, in my heart. <laughs> I'm thinking that they will not be doing these things, but I don't know. I don't know, well, Tom. I don't yeah, know Tom's I, I, wedding or, or, proclivities, you know, like, <laughs> or, or
2: or you know, or what Lauren wants to do. Um, exactly, I don't yeah. And again, the bouquet, though. I mean, the garter uh, it has been questionable. The bouquet thing I, has been such a long-standing tradition that mm-hmm. I think most weddings—I ha- would say ninety percent of the weddings do have the bouquet thing because yep. that. I mean, that's like okay. Here's the bouquet. Let's throw it. It's fun. The, and I've always thought the garter belt was weird. I've always, always, always thought it was weird. Especially, like, when the, you ever go to a wedding, like, when they're doing the garter belt, and it's, you know, you know, and the majority of weddings that you go to at the reception, they do the, do the garter belt thing. But do you ever, like, go to a wedding, and I've gone to several weddings where, like, the, 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 the groom sticks his head under the dress, and his head is under there, like, doing questionable yeah. things, and then he takes the garter belt off with his teeth. Yeah, I'm like, wait.
1: Yep. Yep. Your fucking Again. grand, your grandmother is yeah. sitting at the table. <laughs> yeah, it's real weird.
2: I don't know. I've always and yeah, and, and like they play sexy music, Nah, nah You know, like it's
1: Like yuck.
2: It's just so weird. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what well, the uh, the old uh, guard. Yeah, the garter belt with the teeth—that's a little much. I always, I've I've always thought. So I don't know. Um and 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 also I saw another video. God, these are so bad. Things are so weird. Where they blindfolded (laughs) they blindfolded the bride. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't the husband who was sticking his head under I can't remember who it was. Yeah.
1: That's even worse. Then they took the
2: blindfold off and it wasn't, you know, and the guy, whoever it was, maybe her cousin or something, had the 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 garter the garter (laughs) in his teeth
1: it just makes it even yeah. worse. Ew. I know. Rose.
2: And the other thing is when these stupid ass things happen, they happen pretty late in the reception mm-hmm. usually. So everybody's drunk, even the bride and groom sometimes are drunk. And yeah. like uh because I remember when we did the the, the cuz we did the bouquet toss at both. I don't know if we did the I can't I still can't remember. I don't think we did the garter at my second reception. I think we skipped mm-hmm. that but um but i know that we did the bouquet and when you're when you're when you are the bride and the groom you don't know what's going on because everything is a whirlwind you know what i mean i'm i'm speaking as someone's mm-hmm. gone through this you don't know what the fuck is happening like it it's suddenly someone comes up to you and goes okay it's time to do the garter and you're like what you know what i mean like cuz oh, you're God. There's all these people, and there's that you gotta do this, you gotta do the the first dance, you gotta do the thing, then the speeches, and then the cake, then you get this, and then it's now it's time for the bouquet, and it all happens like literally, you know, the reception is maybe four hours long. It feels like it's five minutes. Yeah, and yeah, and, uh, I can see that, yeah. And when that's happening, you're downing booze and every, And so by the time you get to shit like throwing the bouquet or doing the garter, everybody's half in the bag. You know? <laughs> <laughs> So, it, but it's weird because I didn't even, I remember, you know, just people telling me it's time to do the, you know, like people saying, hey, find your wife. That's another thing. You're is, like, who? What? <laughs> who? <laughs> like your wife. Find your wife because it's time for the bouquet. It's like, you're married now, sir. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I don't know where she is. You know, and like seriously, that shit happens. Like you don't know where your wife, you don't know what. And then they're like, "Go get her," because you got to do the bouquet. It's very important. And then other family members are going, "What are you doing the bouquet?" And then your other the in-laws are like, "What are you doing the
1: garter?" You know, like you're like, well, "Shut the fuck up!" Oh
2: God. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's fun, Esmeralda. It's really a lot of fun. You're a you're a mm. smart woman for not having done that.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Thank you. <laughs> so you're not you're not going to get married? Is that the plan? Yeah. No. No. no? Point. Okay. No. All right. All right. and, I and, you're you know, saying that even though you've been married how many times? Twice I've been married. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I'm just curious. Hey, listen, I successful think successful
1: endeavor. is I. <laughs> no, no,
2: no, no. Listen, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to convince you in any fucking possible way to get married, Esmeralda. Trust me. <laughs> I'm just curious because you know, um, you know, uh, uh, the majority of women do want to get married.
1: Yeah, I don't, I see no point in it. Yeah. We are okay. literally doing what we would be doing if we were married. I, that is,
2: <laughs> no, that is an absolutely legitimate, intelligent reason for not getting married. <laughs> I was just curious. Again, Esmeralda, well, I'm not trying to hint or yeah. judge. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm in no fucking position to judge <laughs> in terms of marriage. Trust me. Trust me. I mean, you would just God say, damn it, Nick. That's right. Um, I also uh, am looking at this thing, um, and we were talking about this before the the uh, the the comedy sketch routine.
1: Oh, I, ugh, I. <laughs> it's so cringy, like in any form. It's like this is not the time right. to showcase your comedic abilities right. or lack thereof. Me and, my, uh, <laughs> me and my bros are gonna do a little comedy for you. It's like, oh Lord. <laughs> I know. I mean, you do have a uh, an enclosed, like a, a captured audience there. Exactly. But, mm, yeah, mm,
2: you can't. You can't. No. It's like you. It's like, oh shit, we can't go anywhere. I mean, you just go to the bar. At that point, like, right? Like, you
1: just yeah. go to the bathroom. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Go to the bath. <laughs> go to the.
2: You know what? Go to the. If there's another reception in in, in the in the banquet area, go to the other room. Mm-hmm. See what's going on. But in then there. also,
1: if you're eating, they kind of got you.
2: Yeah. Oh, it's true. Like if it's yeah. during the, oh my God, yep. during dinner. They got
1: you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's
2: time for some comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if Tom and his ass had friends on Saturday, next Saturday, just go right at the first course? It's time for a little comedy routine,
1: <laughs> a little entertainment with your food. Dinner. That's right. By the way, no. give us a
2: suggest. What's your suggestion? Oh give a, no! Give us a
1: it's give us even
2: worse. Give me a give us a place and a situation, baby. Yeah.
1: I mean, I could see. So the only way I could see that going well is if the the wedding party doesn't do it at all, or there is like a. You have a friend who is very experienced in hosting and doing things, Uh, and they're it, they're kind of the master of ceremonies. Yeah, and I can see them doing some yeah. like stand up bits that don't feel stand up. Like they, yeah, it, it's not a thing where like someone just plopped a microphone down and they're like go. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, that's true. And 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 we've spoken about this before, but like and as we just said, you know, there's there's a lot of drinking involved at receptions and wedding and. The later the night gets, you know, I I can't tell you the number of times I've talked. I have friends who 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 DJed weddings and events and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. One one Mm -hmm. of my one of one of my Chaz Verba, who was a member of the Factory Theater, who designed the sound and did music for I don't I can't even tell you twenty four shows I've directed. Mm -hmm. He is a professional DJ, you know, uh, and has been doing it for years, long before it was just a laptop and a and and an iPhone. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. Like when he had two ter- – he had two tur- ta- turntables and a microphone, to quote nice. back. Um, so he goes back that far. And I can't tell you the number of times, like, he said he's done a wedding and people come up, you know, with about a half an hour left, try to grab the mic and go, yeah, we're all going to fuck, you know, or whatever. whatever. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> and I've – I'm, you know, I'm, he- I'm hoping that he's been good at essentially – Shooing them away. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well,
2: you got to be, man. You have to. It, 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 there's a certain talent to it. Because I would have no patience for that shit. I would not.
1: Right. You know, you know I yeah. would have no. I would just get the
2: fuck away from the table. And you know what? I'm going to play side two of, of Yes Fragile if you don't shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Like, that's. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear Emerson, Lake, and Palmer live? You don't? Okay, then shut up and get away from the DJ booth. Because otherwise, I'm going to play that. So, Anyway. I've been to a lot of weddings that were theatrical simply because I have so many friends in the theater world Mm -hmm. uh, and some of it was not good but a lot of it was and I'm not saying that they they did routine some like like
1: yeah I was gonna say what kind of stuff were they doing
2: uh there was a there was an actress and an actor who got married who did a uh for their first dance they did this mm-hmm. incredibly hilarious choreographed dance that was not romantic and not like oh you know what I mean like mm-hmm. isn't it their first you know they didn't play fucking Lionel Richie and oh and everybody cried they did like a hilarious <laughs> they did a hilarious routine you know what I mean that was that was really funny and very theatrical and of course all the theater people were like yay you know and going nuts so that was <laughs> that was funny and I've seen you know, like, you know like like speeches like maid of honor speeches and best man speeches that were done for actresses by actresses or actors and actors that were hilarious where they would do voices and stuff. So, mm-hmm. but you know, theater people, Esmeralda, they're all, you know, uh, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying it was a, it, no, look, I'm not saying it was a fucking Ren fair <laughs> wedding. You know what I mean? I'm not saying they, they, they'd go Ren fair on your ass. I'm just saying that like people are theatrical, um, yeah. but yeah. So uh, I don't know. Could you imagine, like, a, uh, like have you ever gone to a character wedding? Like a Star Wars wedding or anything? Like the theme wedding?
1: No, but um, I don't... No, I'm assuming I've told you this, but my ex, his brother got married. It, it was, like, Ren Fair themed, essentially. Oh, no. I didn't go, but... <laughs> You didn't? Wait, um, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, no, I didn't go. Forget that mess. Um, <laughs> wait, 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 wait,
2: wait, wait. So your boyfriend was like, hey, my... And it was his brother getting married?
1: Yeah. And you did where didn't... they got married.
2: You forgot what they got married? Yeah, I
1: don't remember if it... I don't remember, yeah, I don't remember if it was here in the city. Or, well, he's from Dixon. So I don't remember if it was there or yeah. if it was somewhere else because his parents have since... At that time, they had moved... Um, so yeah. it could be that it was in wherever they were, Florida, I think they retired to or whatever. I can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember if there was, if it was like we had to go somewhere far, but in my mind I was like, no, no, thank you. Cause what there was, his was...
2: Resp- what, what was his response? Like my brother's getting married and you went, Oh, it's a Ren Faire, uh wedding. Fuck off. It was I theme- mean, what, what yeah. Was...
1: His, his mother, <laughs> his mother made his outfit. Oh, and, like she God. sewed it oh. yeah nah <laughs> nah wait, wait a so was your boyfriend into it was he what, trying to convince you <sighs> no he didn't try to convince me because he knew he wasn't going to win <laughs> he knew he wasn't going to win that battle um but it was like yeah it was like Yeah. like he had I think he's wearing yeah. like a kind of tunic, yeah, or some, some yeah, dumb did shit they... like that. <laughs> <laughs> the only smart one in the group, but he's also a turd. Um, was was one of his brothers because he is he's eight of ten. Oh, uh, siblings, yeah, they're real Catholic. That, it's always, it was Dixon. mom did a lot of
2: sewing. Then I would imagine. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I don't know if they all went. I'm assuming they all did go. Um, but no, one of the brothers who he's he's pretty he's yeah he's a dick um he he came in a suit like i think he was just like no we're not doing that oh
2: okay (laughs) okay
1: um but i remember him telling me that this is the to me this is kind of the saddest part like okay it's like oh wow okay um I guess, so they got married, and then it was a dry wedding, which I'm like, okay, fine. You know, if mm-hmm. you don't drink, that's your prerogative. Sure. Um, but then- I will when... say this,
2: though, Esmeralda. If mm-hmm. it was a Ren Faire wedding, they should have had booze, because if you're going to subject right. your fucking guests- Well, they guests... were
1: kind of religious, too, I oh, think. Oh, okay. So All right. Okay, go ahead. I think. So maybe that wasn't, like, they just don't, that's part of their thing. <laughs> okay. Um, But I guess after the reception, because it ended, like- at a time you know like, like essentially we have booked this for whatever yeah. yeah it ended way before midnight yeah, yeah. um they he got stuck because i guess his brother the one who wore the suit and then some other brothers went off to a bar and essentially <laughs> left him uh and then he was stuck there to help put the chairs away <laughs> what because <laughs> they had to clean up because they <gasps> ended yeah, I was oh like, oh, God. God, I didn't go to. The- <laughs> wow, I would have been running away with the brothers into the bar. I was like, "I'll oh, see you later. Good luck,
2: <laughs> man." That sounds like a nightmare.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's God. why I didn't go. I was like, "Nope, you we're not doing right, that."
2: <laughs> you made the right decision. Yeah, I've
1: never. And that's also why he's my ex.
2: There. That makes sense to me. Yeah, that just totally all makes the sense. all the little
1: things. Yeah. All the little things. Yeah, I, I'm just up.
2: thinking to myself, why the hell would Esmeralda be with a guy whose family would have a Ren Faire wedding? That just seems weird. Oh, to me. it was so bad.
1: I was like, no. How long were you with mm-mm. this guy? 10 years. Whoa! Whoa, whoa, whoa,
2: whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. All right. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. And there was no like when the when the Renfair wedding was decided. Was it surprising to you, or had you known him for a long time at that at that
1: time? Oh no, that made t- complete sense. Oh, it did. Okay, They're, it's like a pack of nerds that whole family. So <laughs> a
2: pack of
3: nerds.
2: That <laughs> so totally that totally, I was a, like,
1: yeah, no, that yeah, makes pa- sense. <laughs> pack
2: of nerds. I was in that band in the eighties. I don't know if you knew that
1: or not. Oh yeah. yeah, I
2: played keyboards in Pack of Nerds.
1: <laughs> oh nice.
2: <laughs> wow. Uh I'm trying to remember if I've ever been to a themed wedding. Um a, a, somebody that I knew uh in the theater world that I wasn't invited to the to the to the wedding did mm-hmm. the Star Wars thing and like the the whoever conducted the ceremony or I don't clearly wasn't a priest or whatever. Now
1: was it now being Star Wars themed did everybody have to dress or not have to, but like I know the wedding party did, I'm sure. The wedding party then did, the guests... and
2: the, the, yeah. The I, a lot of the guests did. It was cosplay, there was a ton of cosplay at this wedding, and oh, everyone wow. was dressed. And this was this was before the prequels came out, mm-hmm. so it was still just the trilogy you know. Mm-hmm. It was okay, just... so
1: you have a very small, you have a limited <laughs> yeah, it, <it's> not, <laughs> amount no, of ideas. It, it's not
2: prequels, it was pre-J.J. Abrams, obviously way pre-J.J. Abrams, and even pre-prequels. The prequels came out in 99. So this was in the mid-90s, so it was still just the first three movies. Okay. Uh, and so there wasn't, like, no Jar Jar or any of that shit that came <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> after that or any of that stuff. But, like, the the... the the priest—it wasn't a priest. It couldn't have been a priest, whatever. But he was dressed. There's- you're to get a priest to dress. Right. Like. It was just somebody. Yeah, it was somebody who d- he dressed like Darth Vader. So Darth Vader yeah. married
1: them. And um, what were they? Were they Princess uh, Leia? She- the bride mm-hmm. was
2: Princess Leia, and uh, I think the groom was Han Solo. Why they were okay, being married by so. Darth Vader doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was Luke. <laughs> the- it was Luke and Leia. Whoa. They were. <laughs> what? Oh Well, they God. Do Can they you imagine? Do- they do kiss in the first movie.
1: Okay, that doesn't matter. So
2: um, Still
1: siblings. Yeah.
2: No, 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 I know, but I'm <laughs> saying, you know, uh, they, George George Lucas laid the groundwork for a little incest in that first film. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but why Darth Vader would be marrying them doesn't make sense to me. Like, wouldn't he try right. to kill them at the wedding? Wouldn't he try yeah, to kill
1: not Yeah, wouldn't what's-his-face? Uh... Wouldn't what's his face? uh... The, the old uh, Obi Wan would be Obi Wan, but he was
2: yeah, I guess. But because Obi Wan gets killed in the first one, I don't know. So like the like he'd have to be glowing Obi Wan because he comes back and yeah,
1: but so does so does Darth spoiler Wait, is he, Dar- spoiler alert.
2: But well, Darth Vader doesn't get killed until uh, the third one, right? Jet, yeah, Return but they're all head? out,
1: aren't they? Yeah, they were all out
2: at that point. Yeah, so so it's not cares.
1: like yeah. so you know technically the Star Wars canon. <laughs> Right. He is dead.
2: He is dead. That's true. Well, they're all, I mean, yeah, a lot of the characters are, so I don't know what, but yeah, it was Han Solo and and, and Leia, they were the bride and groom, and and Luke, or I'm sorry, and Darth Vader uh, married them. And I think his best man was dressed in a Chewie costume, I think. Uh,
1: um, well, that makes sense. It
2: does make sense, because Han Solo's best friend, is Chewie.
1: Exactly. Han
2: Solo's dead, too. Well, he didn't die till years later. That's right. It wasn't until... Uh, the J.J. Abrams movies that Han Solo. Right. Rides. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, spoiler alert, but Han Solo gets killed yeah. in the
1: I mean that know. one kinda of, well, how long is that now? <laughs> it's been a while. No, it's a long time.
2: It's it's two thousand ten it? no, no. No, two thousand 2006... When did the
1: last one come out? The last oh, it's been a years year ago, or two now. Two or three yeah. years ago, yeah. No. So it if you say, haven't seen it a, but... if
2: you haven't seen it, then fuck off.
1: <laughs> yeah, I also think it's like, uh like. And also, who cares? I don't think we're the first to be sport yeah. no, for you. Exactly, <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, by the way, there's a glitch in the Matrix. If you haven't seen that movie, fuck off. You know what I mean? What do you-
1: <laughs> now, up? did anyone dress as an Ewok?
2: I don't know. It was outside. That's what in I would have forest. loved to have seen. I, you know what? Oh, I wow. bet there, I bet there was because I just saw video clips of it because they videotaped it, mm-hmm. and I just saw video clips of it, and they were in a forest, so there had to be Ewoks. There had to be. You know yeah. what I mean? You can't wow. have a Star Wars-themed wedding in a forest and not have fucking Ewoks. Right. So, yeah. I don't remember. I just remember that the people who went came back and said, that was the biggest piece of shit time I've ever had in my
1: life. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so. Oh, I wonder if they had a band. like That's all they played. And that's all they played. Oh, man.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, the first dance. Uh, now the father of the bride and the and the and the bride will dance.
1: That would have been amazing, actually. Yeah. That would Terrible have been so cool. slash hilarious. Right
2: now <laughs> it's time to do the electric slide. <laughs> <laughs>
3: now
2: that would have been fun if it was nothing but the caban uh, the cantina band. Oh, and they had to be those creatures, like the big headed dude with the horn. Oh, of <laughs>
1: course, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, that I would mean, have been it's cool. for a wedding. That's right. That would have been cool. <laughs>
2: that would have been cool i would enjoy that i would enjoy that i would have gone to that you know what what, what themed weddings would you would, would did you think would be cool obviously neither of us are ever going to fucking plan any of that but what would yeah, be no. like do you, <laughs> that you would like to go to like you know what i would like to i i would love i mean look i'm a i'm a i mean there are i've seen online lord of the rings weddings which would be tacular. you know what i mean uh, oh yeah. I'm sh- I'm sure there are House of Dragon or the uh, Game of Thrones weddings. I'm sure
1: that Oh, I'm sure, yeah. I would love to go to a Planet of the Apes wedding. <laughs> now would everyone be seeing that that's I feel like there's a line there that Planet will, of the Apes, would though. be crossed a little but too like,
2: easily. And whoever and whoever was like not an ape couldn't speak. Like they can't. That's would be what in I mean. Like I think would it be would get chains. a little like, they would be in chains. There's a <laughs> line
1: there that I don't know.
0: <laughs> like and and could and, be and crossed. And the, and
1: the and the and the ceremony itself
2: would take place on a, a collapsed Statue of Liberty, like right in front of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what my hope is, because you're going to do that, you have to. You have to have somebody, because how, I mean, there's no other way to do it well. You have to have a, a team of people to do the makeup. Oh, yeah. For people. Yeah. Because you can't just expect people to roll in, yeah. like, yeah, no, do it yourself at home. Right. The monkey, uh, ape, yeah. the prosthetics. <laughs> right. Go ahead. Do the,
2: do the, do the Academy Award winning <laughs> monkey makeup. Because you makeup. have to. Yeah. Now, what about this? To get
1: the prosthetics.
2: Now, what about this, Esmeralda? Here's here's one. Mm. Zombie wedding.
1: That would okay. That that would would be fun because it's literally it's just the dress. It's just the way you're looking. And there's really uh, no and tilt your head. Yeah. Have
2: have some you know have some uh, gray makeup and just like uh, you know bend your head. yeah like
1: that would be that would be fun yeah because there's nothing attached to it in the sense of like you have to do some kind of um, you know any of the the things like the bouquet thing the guard- the guard right. garterba- like nothing is attached to zombie. zombie is just you throw just the bouquet and, and,
2: and the bride's <laughs> arm falls off Ugh. You know that? <laughs> see now, that would be cool and i you know and again, I'm sure that this is happening by the way, if you've got some cos weddings that you've gone to, cosplay weddings, let's mm-hmm. hear your stories uh seven seven three four one seven six nine four eight. 773- or a Terrible wedding. Seven, or <laughs> terrible weddings. Awful weddings. I mean, if you went to a wedding that required that was a themed wedding, tell us well, about it. Yeah. 417 773- yeah, yeah. or email us nickdpodcast at gmail.com. We'll do a follow up on this. NickDPodcast at gmail.com. Why don't we bring this up on Tuesday, Esmeralda? Since yeah, for sure. Tom is going to be there.
1: Be there. So we oh, we can, he so can Tom, ask if he <laughs> to, yeah. can embarrass so, him and yeah. him and Slap Slapley.
2: Yeah, him and Slap Slapley are going to be there. I'm not sure if Lauren's going to be there. I um right um because I think the bride has more preparation to do four days before a wedding than the groom. Does. Right. So I don't know if right. she's going to be, but I know Tom is, and we can get some suggestions from the audience. So if you're going to be at our at our gig on Tuesday night at Zany's, and you have a themed wedding that you've gone to or went to or had, uh, tell us about mm-hmm. it. But yeah, no zombie wedding. That I'd be good with that. I'd be totally cool with a zombie wedding.
1: Yeah, that would be fine. That would be fine.
2: What about uh, what's your favorite movie ever, Esmeralda? Do you have a favorite movie ever? <laughs> that would not be a good No? What would it be? What is it?
1: Train spotting. Train spot <laughs> <laughs> I, No, I think that would be yeah, not a good theme. Fuck yeah, put the in, put uh, put the worst uh, toilet in Scotland
2: on the on the altar and have uh, the oh have the groom climb out of it. <laughs> oh <the> groom- god.
1: <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's and then, a lot. Yeah, you know, then the... well, okay, so here's my thing. The I've I was tainted by the not experience of experiencing of hearing about the the what essentially was a Ren fair wedding. Um, yeah, I think they just did it in a in a terribly like just like bare minimum sure way. Yeah, no, no, I understand it's it, yeah. but I think if you pull off all the stops, I mean the the thing i think is like having which is the hassle is having the um, the guests then have to dress yeah. up like yeah. ren yeah, fair yeah. stuff that's where it gets to be rough yeah. because yeah. if you have no stake if you know have no stake in this game you have no um like you don't even know them you're the plus one and you're like i gotta go get a ren fair outfit like <laughs> <laughs> ah. right, right. Um, but I think it could be fun. I mean, yeah. I've never been to a Ren Fair, but it looks cool. Like yeah. the outfits look cool. If you have you ne- you've one... never
2: been, you've never been to
1: to no, a Ren Fair. No, I'm not going to that nerd shit. Oh man, <laughs> I'm not yeah. wandering around the yeah.
2: the, well, the I,
1: I, forest I, preserves in Wisconsin. Right. No,
2: <laughs> I told no. Listen, Esmeralda. Again, you're not going to get an argument from me. Um, <laughs> but when I was younger, I went. Now as mm-hmm. as an adult making my own choices I was like fuck no I'm not going to a ren fair. <laughs> and because I got into the world of theater and met many of the people who worked ren fairs I'm like fuck no yeah. I'm not going to. <laughs> 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 so, but no, I mean I I couldn't have you know, you, you know when I was younger when I was a teenager I went to a ren fair a few times. It was called King Richard's Fair then, not the Bristol. Mm. Back in mm. now it's the same thing, Bristol Renna- Renaissance Fair on Russell Road. I believe, is where, is where it was located mm-hmm. uh, at the Wisconsin border. And I went a few times. And, and back in the day when I was a, a young teen or a teenager listening to Roy Leonard, he gave away tickets to King Richard's Fair all the time. So I won like – I had fistfuls of tickets because oh, of that. Oh, God. I, like I would w- get them from Roy, and Roy would be like, yeah,
3: go, why don't
1: you go to King Richard's Fair, man?
2: You know, and I'm like, all right. So <laughs> but you couldn't get like real food and shit there. Like, if you wanted a hot you dog. You get them
1: turkey legs, right? You can get
2: the turkey legs. You get that. But you couldn't get, like, a Coke. I remember, like, like I'm 16, and I'm like, I want a Coke. And they're like, no, we have sassafras or some bullshit.
3: You know I mean? <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, you couldn't, like, no, we, we did, there's no Coke. It's like that goddamn scene in, um, you, you You remember, I mean, you got it. Of course, we've talked about the cable guy.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, scene yeah. where they
2: go to medieval times. And Janine Garofalo, who is the goth, <laughs> she's got the yeah? she's got the goth because clearly you know outside of king or outside of um, medieval times she's like a goth chick, mm-hmm. but she has not taken off her, her eyeliner or her black lipstick, and she's in that stupid costume where she's a wench. And uh, he's like, "Well, can I get some?" And Matthew Broderick, remember Matthew Broderick says, "Can I get some silverware?" And they're like, "Well, uh, actually," and she's by rote has to say, "Well, uh, in medieval times there were no." silverware so here at medieval times we have no silverware and then matthew broderick (laughs) says yes but you have diet pepsi he's like hey dude and she goes dude give me a break i got a lot of tables (laughs) 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 that sums it all up though you know what i mean perfectly yeah oh man all right all right well uh weird weddings well listen We'll talk about this again on Tuesday, Esmeralda. We'll, hopefully, you know we'll mm. get some. And if I get some emails and stuff, I'll bring them with. But I'll we'll bring yeah, it yeah. up in front of the audience. We'll definitely bring it up in front. And my by the way, my guests will have stories. I guarantee you.
1: Oh, good. Yeah. I
2: guarantee you that this guy will. This yeah, it's a guy. All right, fine. Uh, that this guy will,
1: <laughs> you—we already said this. Yeah, I like it's that a you guy. keep trying to hide it. Like, I know it's a like, guy. You already said him. said
2: him. It's a guy. <laughs> he's very artistic. He's from the south side. He's been yeah, on my show. You said him months.
1: like weeks ago. It's and he's loaded with stories.
2: And I guarantee you that he's got themed wedding stories. I guarantee it. So. All right, and nightmare wedding story. Nice. So bring yes. them along. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, hey, great stuff to give away, taste tests, great uh, all kinds of hilarious stuff, my dad on 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 stage telling jokes. Uh, Jason Skaggs flying in. The Great Esmeralda. Esmeralda uh, 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 yep. I'll give you asthma. Well, you're going to get I'll it. I'll give you asthma. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all on Tuesday, November fifteenth, uh eight four seven eight one three zero four eight four for tickets. And again, if you want to unlock the five dollar tickets, the code is podcast five, podcast five, rosemount.zanies.com, dot com. And we'll talk about all kinds of uh, fun stuff. It'll be it's gonna be a blast. I'm so excited, Esmeralda, um, about Tuesday. Yeah, it's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be great. And we'll talk more about these uh, ridiculous weddings. And uh and I'll and I'll get all the info from Tom, by the way. Like, what's, oh, what's yeah. going on? What's going on? We'll get the lowdown. We'll get the lowdown.
1: So, <laughs> anyway.
2: All right. Uh, uh, and thank you, Esmeralda.
1: Thank you. Uh,
2: if you want to be a sponsor, you can advertise with the Nick D Podcast. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. Again, anything you want to contribute, 773-417-6948 is our voicemail. Email Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody. Ed and everybody at uh, RadioMisfits.com. Rate and review us on every platform. And we will see you next time. By the way, Esmeralda, you know who the guest is on the next episode.
1: Uh, my well, your future. My future ex-wife. Yes. Oh, I'm my sorry, ex-wife.
2: ex-wife. No, ex-wife. we're getting married, and it's going to be a cosplay wedding. I'll <laughs> oh, ask Dana. Yeah. You know what? When I of talk course. to Dana, I will ask her what what wedding she she and I will have. And and right,
1: what, I'm sure because you know. it's all set. It's all set. It's all set. In, in, we, in no, mines. we've already
2: we've we are getting married, and we've already decided that we are going to get a divorce. So that's already there set. there. You go. That's oh. already
1: Oh. Perfect. It's yeah, there's a timeline. Exactly. When you
2: go, <laughs> when you go into a marriage knowing that it's gonna end, it's much easier.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. So, Dana Lorenzo is gonna be my guest <laughs> on the next episode. We'll see you Tuesday night at uh, Zany's Esmeralda, you're the best, and I'll talk to you soon.
1: See ya.
2: Alright, cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, see you later. It's the Nick D podcast on Radio Bush Podcast. Right. The wind is right on